Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, only about 13 minutes, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Do you know people in your life who need to grow in their faith? Do you know people who need to come to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in obedience? Help them to do so by getting them into these studies. Share these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally, literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody grow in their faith, but also you may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. I want to talk about some things that are very commonly voiced, spoken, said by a whole lot of people who they mean well, but they're misguided to one degree or another. You'll hear a whole lot of people, preachers, people who think they're Christians, will say some things that just get repeated over and over and over again. And a whole lot of preachers will preach these things from the pulpits, wherever they preach, as though they are truly what is said in the Bible, but they're not. Or at least they come up short of what is truly said in the Bible. We need to understand that we need to speak where the Bible speaks and remain silent where the Bible is silent. We're told in Revelation chapter 20, 22 verses 18 and 19, that we should not add anything to God's word and we should not take away anything from God's word. And if we were to violate those scripture instructions, either by adding something to God's word or taking something away from God's word, then we're going to be facing potentially eternal condemnation from God. Well, what are we talking about here? How many times are people told something as to how to come to forgiveness and salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ, as to how to come to God through Jesus, how many times do people, are people told something that's not really in the Bible, not really in the Scriptures? I want us to think about some of these things to the, the, during this line of study. In fact, we'll look at a lot of different things. One of those is, in regard to that question, what must I do to be saved? Well, a lot of people will say something along this line. Accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Accept Jesus as your Savior. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? And certainly, we must accept Jesus as being our Savior. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 15, the Apostle Paul said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Jesus is our Savior, and not only the Savior of those who believe in him, but he is the Savior of any who may not believe right now, but may come to God through him somewhere down the line in their lives. There is no other Savior is the point I'm trying to make. He is the Savior sent from heaven by God the Father, Jesus being God the Son. Joseph, the future husband of Mary, while they were not yet quite legally fully married, they were betrothed to one another. 
And Joseph noticed that she was expectant with child. And he was contemplating how to respond, and he was considering putting her away, basically the equivalent of what we would say as divorce today. But God sent an angel to speak to Joseph through a dream, and the angel told Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came as the Savior of mankind for all who will come to him as the Savior, their Savior, the only Savior. But now when somebody says, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior, that's the starting place, but that's not the finishing place. You see, in Luke chapter 6, in verse 46, Jesus asked this question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? In other words, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Well, you're saying I'm your Lord, I'm your Savior, but you don't obey me. You're not obedient to my teachings. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, in other words, obeys my teachings, I will show you whom he is like. And then Jesus gives two examples, the positive and the negative. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on rock. Now, in other words, this man's life is built on a firm foundation of Jesus as his Savior because he not only calls him Lord, but he obeys his teachings. He lives by the teachings of Jesus Christ. The next verse shows the opposite. But he who heard and did nothing, oh, he heard about Jesus, might even have said he believed in Jesus, but he did not obey his teachings, is like a man who built a house on the earth, in other words, with no foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. In response to what must I do to be saved, you're not going to find anywhere in the scriptures. Just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Now, you have to understand that truly accepting him as your Savior means I'm going to obey his teachings. I'm going to respond in repentance of my sins confessing my faith in him openly, by the way, repentance of my sins, Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, verses 3 and 5, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I can't just utter words about how much I believe in Jesus and not turn away from my sins. And Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I will confess before my Father in heaven, Matthew 10 and verse 32. And Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. I must not just utter some words, but I must obey Jesus' teachings. Well, not one or no one in Scripture was ever told in response to 
What must I do to be saved? How can I be forgiven? How can I be saved? And this is very similar to this previous one we looked at. And you hear this all the time from preachers in pulpits and from a whole lot of people who believe they're Christians. They'll tell you, ask Jesus into your heart. And the implication is you'll be saved. Well, again, that sounds good, but you know what? It's never found in the scriptures. You're never going to find anywhere in the New Testament scriptures or the Old Testament scriptures where somebody says, what must I do to be saved? And a gospel preacher or an apostle or Jesus himself said, well, just, just ask Jesus into your heart. Well, that sounds good, but it's not scriptural. In Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 29, we read this. And this is a man who was a jailer, and he had been responsible for holding prisoners in custody, legal custody, and particularly the apostle Paul and his co-worker Silas. An earthquake happened during the night. The man, had, the, the, the jailer had been asleep. The, all the doors were open to the jail. All the bonds, whatever was fastening or confining the prisoners to their positions in those cells or those rooms, they were all loosed. And the jailer woke up. He thought everybody had escaped, or at least a bunch of them had. And he was about to take his own life because he was responsible for their security. But the apostle Paul yelled out or spoke out. He, he said, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Verse 28 of Acts chapter 16. And then this man, this jailer in the city of Philippi, he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved in your household. But he needed, he needed to know what to believe about Jesus Christ. And so he took them to his home that same hour of that night. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Verse 32. And he took them that same hour washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. They did not tell him. Just ask Jesus into your heart, and you'll be saved. You won't find that anywhere in Scripture. But you do hear it spoken, told, even taught by preachers, supposedly teaching the gospel message of salvation, in a whole lot of different denominational churches. But it's not in the Bible. Paul said, believe on Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. But that left the man questioning, naturally, what do I believe? And so then Paul and Silas taught them about Jesus. And that same hour of the night, he and his household were baptized. Why? Because, as Christian man Ananias told Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul, 
Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Forgiveness comes as we're baptized into Christ. Salvation comes as we're baptized into Christ. As Jesus said in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But Jesus never said, none of the apostles ever said, none of the scriptures in the New Testament teaching about how to be saved ever said, just ask Jesus into your heart and you will be saved. That is not in the scriptures. We'll look a little further next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for offering us, making the way for us to be saved through Jesus Christ. Thank you for teaching us how we can come to that salvation through him in your scriptures. Help us to pay attention and obey those faithfully and help everybody to see the truth of what is in your word as to salvation. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.